Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Transit Cast with Operator 1198. Today's episode is a very special one, as it marks our very first guest for this podcast. Today, we will be interviewing Sean Cummings of the M.MTA, located here in Baltimore, Maryland. Sean has decades worth of transit experience, in addition to a very decorated background in leadership that features a history in the post office, high school politics, even a run at the local city council. Well, you're probably asking, why is all of this relevant to today's episode? Well, because Sean is running for the union president position of the ATU Division 1300. And that is what makes this more interesting. It's not, you know, here at uh, NDA, I think people got the perception that a union only is for you get in trouble and you get your job back and save your job and get you out of trouble. But it's, a, it's way bigger than that. You got wages, you know, it's to protect the wages, wage increases, making sure MTA is following uh, contract book, the CBA, you know, you got health care, uh, the pension, safety, which is a big thing at MTA that I just feel as a union, we don't push MTA enough about safety. You know, each division, they have gates, but they unmonitor gates, which is a problem. You know, we have um, relief points that are just dangerous. You know, so that's one thing that a union is supposed to do. You know, our workplace environment, as far as the customers getting on the bus and harassing us and um, supervision, you know, with the, the disrespect, a lot of things. So it's not only about getting your job back, it's about wages, health care, like I say, pensions, your safety, the workplace environment. A union is very important. It is very important. You had uh, mentioned things like um, dangerous bus stops. You had recently worked with the administrator here to actually get the relief point changed for your division for the uh, 13 slash goal line. Could you could you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Right. Well, what I did was I let him know that for me as an operator working a goal line, I have personally witnessed four shootings and three of those people died. Why? Why? When the shootings happened, we were standing on the relief point waiting for the goal. You know, the 85 lays over there too, but the goal line is definitely the trouble spot on the eastbound and the westbound side. So, you know, with this administrator here, you know, it's, it's about professional conversations, explaining to them what's going on, showing them, you know, what's the problem and what's the solution do I think. And frankly, you know, Scheduling and planning did an excellent job this time about just no relief on the goal line. You, you pulling out, pulling in. So, you know, just a relationship with something that's going to help the union out, help every operator out. I think that's, uh, that's definitely fantastic. Uh, working here for some time and also living in Baltimore, I can personally attest that, um, that, that, you know, the relief point there was probably one of the, the craziest ideas I've ever seen, particularly because the, the climate and the culture of people have changed there. It's it's no longer safe. It's not as safe as it used to be. 
And uh, it was only a matter of time before something happened to a driver, particularly because the, the relationship between the operator and passengers now is a little bit different. It's not as a respected uh, position as it used to be. So I, I think it was a, definitely a step in the right direction as far as relationship with upper administration and service development go that you were able to um, pull that off. And while we're talking about um, relationship, with, with things like administration and management and supervision, service development, all of the different components that make the wheel move. If if elected uh, union president this upcoming summer, what are some of the plans that you have for the local? That's a good question. And you know, the first, the biggest thing I want to do with this local is boost morale. Because right now, uh, a lot of operators, a lot of mechanics, um, everybody that's local just feel like the local is not working for them that the local is not they don't get in trouble so they don't need the local but it's about boosting morale like a brotherhood this is one of the most powerful things that you can be a part of as a union I've been a part of um, the letter car unit for almost 10 years and to this day anytime they have parties, um, conferences. They still invite me over because it's like a brotherhood. And that's the first thing I want to do is boost morale and get people excited about being a part of this union. Um, shop stores. We're from day one. We're July. I take office July. We're going to elect shop stores. I, it will never, no longer be the buddy system that because I like you, you're going to be a shop store. No. I'm going to go into each division, have elected officials go into each division, and anybody that want to be a shop steward, you're going to have the opportunity. Your peers will elect. They will elect the shop stewards. You know, I will take that back to the board because of our bylaws. It states that the president elects shop stewards. Well, from each of those divisions and from those votes, whoever the top vote getters, they'll be my selection because they're selected by their peers. Um, I think that'll eliminate all of the the doubts that, you know, this shop store is just here because he's friends with Sean. No, it's not going to be like that. Um, that, That's one of my main things that I'm going to do. For the new people that's coming in, in this environment, you know, we operate in one of the most dangerous cities in America. It's, it's, It's a fact. I think statistically and, we're number one or two now, statistically, as far as dangerous cities go. Right, exactly, exactly. So to get qualified operators, you know, mechanics and et cetera, you have to, the pay has to be different. The pay structure now for an operator is five years top pay, but the first three years, it's only $1 raise. And my belief is that if you roll back top pay to three years for new operators, or you put more money on the front end, a lot of people will be more excited about coming to work. They will take this job a little more seriously because if you got a CDL, you're coming in, you're making what you make, you can go somewhere else and make more. And you don't have to deal with a lot of the, you know, the things that you have to deal with as an operator. So for me, I think if we can get more qualified, you know, determined operators, mechanics, et cetera, that the union job will be 
less with the discipline and the arbitration meetings and things like that. You know, for the people that's on their way out the door, you know, I'm suggesting that, you know, just say, you know, operator B, he's been here 30 years. Man, he called out maybe a week. He has a year and a half of sick. You know, when that guy retires, uh, with how the current contract is, that sick leave is put onto his retirement. I believe it's, you know, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's for every year of sick leave you have, they put six months added onto your retirement, which, for me, I think that's wrong because if he was here uh, 30 years, 30 plus years, and you have a year of sick leave, give you cash value for that sick leave when you leave. Now, what that would do is, for me, myself, I have 20 years. Now, if I know that at the end, I'm going to get a cash value for my sick leave that I saved. So, <laughs> you know, Thursday is nice outside and, you know, I'm, I'm under a little, little weather, and, you know, sneezing or whatever. I'm going to come to work because I'm going to say, you know what, that day I'm going to get paid for it at the end. So that's that's one thing I want to work with MTA. You know, when it's just a contract issue and one thing I'm going to push. Uh, another big thing is four 10-hour work days. You know, this job here is, it, it, it's stressful. It's really and Yes, yes. So when you get two days off, it's like one day is to just rest. The next day, you up doing other things that you have to do during the week. So what I'm going to suggest to well, bring up, you know, in contract talks, and try to just a, a pilot program. Start it off, see how it works, see how the operators like it, see how it works for MTA, which for MTA, I believe your attendance problem will go down if you're doing a full 10-hour work day. Uh, I, I do believe the operators will love that. I think you're definitely uh, onto something. As, as some people know, some listeners do, some listeners don't. Um, prior to uh, returning to the bus, I actually was a scheduler in uh, MDOT service development department where I had the, the really cool opportunity to be able to make schedules and headways, uh, time bands, pretty much all things that are related to the actual quality of the service here. And a lot of the uh, ideas you're pitching and shuffling have uh, have definitely been considered. But um, as a scheduler, and I can, can tell you this, we feel trapped a lot of times by the current language of the current union contract. So things like uh, four day work weeks or even a reduction in swing runs where operators don't have to be here um, all day. Uh, the hands were really tight. We weren't really able to work with the union to be able to facilitate these sort of changes. If elected, do you feel uh, that you will be able to, you know, moving forward, uh, be able to work with the MTA, the administration, as well as service development and the local to be able to ultimately change some of the language in the contract that would allow uh, people like me who used to schedule more freedom to create for four day runs or shorter runs, uh, four day work weeks, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yes, most definitely. I'm willing to change anything, any language in a contract, because sometimes language in a contract is outdated, and we have to move with the time. I'm with whatever benefits the union, benefits this local, and benefits MTA to work together. I'm all for four ten-hour workdays. I do believe the majority of the operators will love that amount. And let me piggyback off. I know you were, you know, in schedule and planning. And that's another thing I want to pitch to MTA is to get maybe two to three 
global 1300 position down there because I know, you know, a lot of people don't want to go down there because of the money, you know. But if we can get maybe, like I say, two to three positions down there that's local 1300 to work alongside, I believe that's local two down there. Local two, yes. Yes, to work beside local two. And what this will do is it will help, you know, the operators on the street. It will also save MTA a lot of money from keep going back and redesigning. I know the Baltimore Link had maybe four or five different versions of it and yeah. route design. If you had a operator that actually knew Baltimore City, you know, um, I take for instance one of the lines where was going to go up on St. Luke's and Liberty. It was going to make the left. It was going to come. Uh, I guess east and west on St. Luke's. I remember and that. When I, saw that I remember that. Right, yeah. right. I, I saw that and I told him, I said, listen, I don't know who made this design, but it's totally off. And this is why I'm going to tell you why. And I told him that if you have a 9,000 series coach, you have 11 on up, and it's raining for just a mist, those coaches will slide into the intersection. That is not a good idea. And they, you know, they listened and they changed it. Yeah. But the concept was good of getting that route up in that neighborhood. Yeah. We just needed to go maybe a couple of streets up. So that's why if a local 1300 position was in there, you know, you're sitting down, scheduling time. Uh, you have the line line that, you know, just right offhand, I know this for a fact, that leaves Harbor East. And the next time point is 12 minutes later at Baltimore Carolina. Well, an operator can see that straight off the back and say, hey, listen, that's too much time there. Let's take that time and put that up top where we need it. You know, so this is just something that, you know, I'm willing to work with, you know, MTA, scheduling, planning, something that's going to benefit the operator to take some of the stress off of us. Right now, it's, it's stressful to try to maintain either too much time on a certain part of the line or less time on certain parts of the line. Okay, I think that, uh, you know, as an operator and a scheduler, I can I can tell you firsthand, the uh, people in the service development department as well as Local 2 uh, would definitely probably be more than willing to, uh, to do those things. As I said before, um, there's just kind of been this culture of not wanting to do things here because to be, to be realistic about it, everybody fears the grievance. Nobody wants a grievance. Nobody's willing to work. There's a very, um, toxic uh, relationship it appears to be between management administration and the uh, local which may stem from leadership or other factors but it's definitely been an overwhelming problem uh, for the last few years uh, one particular problem comes to mind is the uh, building fund now as a uh, former union member because I, I opted to not come back in after the uh, Janice case um, the building fund has kind of been it's kind of been a unicorn for the most part. We, we weren't really given a, a lot of information on it. Um, the information we do have at times felt it was very uh, bare bones and it was kind of political, just you know, telling people enough to kind of get them to uh, kind of hush about it. But a lot of us didn't really have an understanding of what was going on or what was even uh, to be expected. However, what we do know is uh, we've been talking about the building uh, and the funds for at least as long as I can remember. Uh, however, it's 2019 and there's still no building. Um, once again, if elected, um, what would you, what would you, what would your plan of action be 
uh, concerning the building fund? Well, once again, an excellent, excellent question. Well, July 1st, day one, I will stop the $1 building fund. That's the first act I will have to stop that building fund. Can you, uh, can and, you explain Can you explain what the, the $1 uh, building fund uh, assessment is? Okay, so maybe I'm not at the exact time frame, but it's been over maybe 20 years. It's been about 20 years that back then they decided that the union decided that they need a new building. So they put into the bylaws that a building will be taken from, $1 will be taken a week from every active member for the building fund. Once the final payment is made on the building fund, the dollar will cease. Now, how I look at this, the final payment was made because we paid in full the building. We paid for that building almost four years ago. So how I look at it is the building, by the bylaws, the building fund should have stopped four years ago. Now, I will stop that day one. The building fund will stop. And it's just a dollar, but it's your dollar. And I can guarantee within 60 days of me taking office that every member will know exactly what's going on with this building. We will have a committee that said, do we need to move on? What do we need to settle? Every every part of that building you will know about within 60 days of me taking election, taking office. Because this is a black guy on this union. And, and it's another thing that, you know, a topic. And we shouldn't have those things as topics because the union should be taking care of that. And it's been a black guy for us for almost four years. I can we will we, we will definitely move we will move forward with that move forward if it's feasible for us. If, if it's something that we need to do, if we need to sell it, we need to sell it. If it's still uh, a building that we can have, which I do believe that building is still a great place for us to have. We, we purchased it. It's, it's ours. We have to own it. But we will know within 60 days what that building And that's number one priority. We, we're going to know Every member will know, and every member will have a say so, and you will know from top to bottom what do we need to do for that building. Everybody will have an input because this is a union. This is everyone's building. I think that um, I think that that sounds uh, really good. But Sean, I'm going to uh, going to be to be honest with you here for a second. Um, I've been here for roughly about about ten years now, and. Around this time, we as union members, well, a former union member in my case, we get a lot of promises. We get a, a lot of promises about what's going to be done and what is, um, for lack of a better phrase, what's going to be, what's what's going to benefit us. Uh, every this time of year, everybody is is pretty much selling us something. You know, politics is the world. Uh, it's the marketplace of opinion. So, uh, for members like myself who currently aren't in the union. Uh, for new newer employees that are coming in and now because of the Janice case have an actual choice uh, to get in the union or not get in the union and for the people who are even still to this day considering leaving the union uh, why should they vote for you? Because let me let me address the, the issue of you and a lot of, and, I, and I understand you know the mentality you have of not 
being into your union, paying into your union dues, and why others are suggesting, you know, maybe I need to do the same thing because I don't get in trouble, I don't need a union for anything, you know, it's a whole lot of bull crap going on, you know, the building and this and that. I'm just telling you that the union is important. And I have almost 20 years here. I love this job. Um, I love what I do. I plan on coming back to the bus at some point. I just want to get this union back moving in the right direction. And everybody makes promises. Everybody makes promises. Everything I do, I try to do to the best of my ability. I'm a born leader. My word is my bond, and that's all I have. Um, you guys that, you know, that's going to listen to this, you know, to this, this interview, and know that, hey man, I'm, I'm just I'm just tired of all this bull crap, and this is what I'm gonna do. You will see day one, you will see the things that I talk about on this campaign trail, you'll see that no one else is really talking about things like that. They're gonna talk about the past and who they know, that's what they're gonna talk about. We need a, a strong union, a strong union can actually benefit us tremendously. MTA is a great place to work. If you have a strong union, you have a relationship with management. That's what, as an operator, that's what I'm doing now is building relationships. I've been doing that over the past two or three years, building relationships with supervision, building with upper management, building with uh, shop stewards, you know, getting to know shop stewards, getting to know, you know, their plans and what they want to do. Because other people have plans too. And some people don't look at the union as somewhere where you have a voice and a union uh, uh, 1300 that I'm in charge of that I'm the president of everyone has a voice um, union meetings I'm going to do Thursday afternoon union meetings I want to do live televised not televised but broadcasting live streams for union meetings so everybody can be informed everybody can be educated now Sean not to I, not to cut you off uh, but because I don't understand Currently, we don't have the, the the meetings aren't allowed to be streamed. Now, is that correct? Is my information correct on that? Yeah, that's that's me. That's a good question. It's not allowed to be streamed. Now, I don't know if there. I I personally looked at the the bylaws. I've looked at the international constitution. So, live streaming, if that is against the rules then we won't do it, but we have to get more information on that. I can't yeah. see how That was my not. point. Like, I don't think the information is just coming out at all from these meetings, whether it's news articles or even Facebook updates. The the information, for whatever reason, uh, is not coming out uh, from the meetings, whether, you know, like I mentioned, it'd be live streaming uh, or on social media. I was wondering if that was just uh, a thing with the way things are, or was it some rule in some book somewhere that, hey, the information can't come out uh, but in 2019, in the, the digital information era, um, I can't understand why uh, information is not being admitted at a much faster and consistent frequency, particularly when your cell phone's at the tip of your fingers. Yes, uh, I, I totally agree. You know, I'm in that communication age, and we, we will. We will definitely have... The information will get out to everyone. You will have multiple units. Like I said, if it's legal under our international constitution, it will be done. Um, apps, you know, we discussed some things with, you know, apps, 
and there's so much technology out here for everyone, all three thousand uh, members to get the information that we need. We have to get this out there. That education is the key. Knowledge is the key. And right now, we don't have the knowledge as a union to know our rules, our regulations, our bylaws, our international constitutions. What do we have to do? What do we, we, we can't do? We don't have that information. Under my leadership, I'm guaranteed that we will be educated. Shop stores will be educated. We will have shop store meetings at least once a month. Just say MPA puts out a um, um, a, a new memo. They put out a, a, a new bulletin. That bulletin has to be given to us 30 days. This is by the contract. The bulletin has to be given. A policy has to be given to the union 30 days before it takes effect. When I my, my team gets the, the memo, if, if, if it's something there that we don't see, something that we don't like, we will go sit down. That's the relationship that you have with MTA. You will sit down and say, hey, listen, this is not good. This is not good. Let's do this. Let's try this. And let's come up with another policy that benefits both because we have to work together. We have to work together. So when that's settled, we'll bring the shop stores in. This is how we're going to go about this policy. This is a new policy they implemented. This is what we're going to go by. This is how we're going to come back. You need to go back to the troops. You need to go back to the operators. Go back to the mechanics. Go back to the dispatchers and educate them on. This is what's coming down the pipeline. Be prepared for it. This is how we're going to take actions on it. And it, it, it's just, it's not enough information being put out of there on a daily basis. Like, we, we'll just come in and we're signing memos we're signing policies and like wow where did this come from from? why didn't our union inform us why didn't our union inform us of this policy that's taking place it's a lack of communication and that's one thing that I can guarantee that we will be visible all all members all elected full-time officers will be visible in a division so we can be proactive in things that we're doing as a union you know, we'll talk to the operators, we'll talk to the managers, we'll talk to the mechanics, we'll talk to everybody so it can be a communication relationship that will solve a lot of problems before they get to the stream of, you said earlier, about arbitrations. Our arbitration fees are so big right now. And my goal is all disciplinary actions be set base level. That's my goal. So we can get the operator back to work and they can get the band power back. You know, that's one of my goals to settle, try to settle a hundred percent. And I know that's probably <laughs> impossible to say a hundred percent, but the majority of the discipline actions or grievances or things like that, that comes up, solve them at base level. So we don't have to drag it on and it's wasted time, wasted manpower, you know, et cetera. We can definitely uh, appreciate that, Sean. Uh, it has been a uh, pleasure talking to you we appreciate you coming on the transit cast podcast with us uh we wish you the best of luck moving forward um and good luck thank you